G'day all, and thanks for listening to the Football Podcast. You're here with Ash and Garns, and we're here to talk all things AFL and NBA, plus more. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, welcome back to the Football Podcast. You're back with Garns and Ash to talk all things NBA and AFL. On the cast today, we have the NBA. We're going to talk about Luke Walton and the Kings, Chicago and Golden State. We're going to dive into the AFLW, take a look at the predictions that me and Garns have chosen, and take a look at the how the teams are faring after the AFL draft. Uh, we're also going to look um, at redraftables. So we're going to actually have a look before this dra- upcoming AFL draft, and Garns and I will be going head-to-head to take a look at redrafting the 2009 AFL draft. All right, let's get into it, Garns. Uh, first of all... Let's take a look straight into Luke Walton and the Kings. Great call by you. Yes, yes. Somebody's been listening to you. Yeah, I, I'll take that one. Um, it was pretty predict- predictable by the Kings. It's a Kings move like. But Ash, I've already got four names ready available who I think are the leading contenders to get the head coaching job. Now, I think it's only one that they should go with. And I'll start with him first. Kenny Atkins, he was the head coach before Steve Nash at Brooklyn Nets. Got Russell as an all-star. I think that's what Fox needs. But um, no, the other three, I just don't think so. So Davin Ham, he's like Luke Walton. Came from a premiership or a championship um, coaching staff. And they think he's going to get the next gig. I just think you need to go with an offensive player to mould Fox. What, what about you? So uh, what if what if Alvin Gentry um, has, no, a, has so, a good run from here on out? So he doesn't want the coaching gig. He's already Ooh, come okay. out and said, yeah. So I thought it was obvious it was going to be him. I think he might even be doing the caretaking gig yeah, just for now. Yeah, he's got the caretaker for yeah. the rest of the season. So, so there will, you go. Will he change his mind? Maybe. I, I don't know. Look, all I know is with Fox, he's... 
He needs a he needs a a, a senior coach a coach that's already done the the job before and mould him into an all star. He needs to be an all star. Yeah. So do you reckon do you reckon these guys um, Holmes Fox do you reckon these guys need a coach that's going to really demand stuff from them to to bring the best out of them? Well, they've had demanding coaches. That's what Luke Walton is. He's demanding, and it does obviously it just doesn't fly. Mm-hmm. Um, and are, they, are they too structural, maybe? Maybe. I think that's Not where Kenny Atkins lets him be free. He brings his own little culture, be yourself sort of pl- coach. He was, pr- he was always good at Brooklyn, always high regarded. The other other coach that I think could be a good fit, but I think for her, yeah, her mm-hmm. is Becky Hammond. She, I reckon she's ready to coach men's basketball, and it'll be a great platform for all women in the field. But... The only reason why I say don't take it, it's because it's the Kings. They're the most cursed side. They haven't made the playoffs since 2004. Um, and culturally, from the GM to the owner, that it's just not the right fit. I don't think she'll be... The, she's the right fit for the team, but for that place, I think she'll burn her career pretty quickly. Um, and that's why if Kenny Atkins gets a job, he might... He might be able to turn it around. Quite well, it's not that. He... Um, um, he mo- how, how I put it, he he'll put it in a. If he loses, it's not a, it's not going to ruin his career. He can still be a good assistant and stuff like that. For your first job, though, for Becky because she hasn't been a head coach, um, I think yeah, just stay away from the Kings. And who knows, Greg Popovich might retire next year, and she could get the he Spurs. Just, yeah, take the take the job. The other you. the other coach that's leading it is. The, t- the coach from the G League, Bobby Jackson, he was a great point guard in the league. Um, well, uh, personally, I didn't really like him, but um, he's got a good brain. He's good at moulding players. So that thing that you need to keep in mind, though, the Kings lost the most amount of money in- during the COVID. They lost $100 million in revenue. So, And with Walton getting fired, I think it was like a $12 million buyout. Th- yeah, okay. Uh, so they might have to go Bobby Jackson because of their their um, hard cap or their staff cap that they've got. Yeah. All right. Um, well, yeah, a few good points there. Let's uh, let's see if you can be right on those ones as well. Um, <laughs> Help our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so I think um, next one we're going to jump into Chicago Bulls and and we might go straight into Golden State Warriors of how they're both travelling. Um, obviously, Chicago Bulls. Bit of a talking point for this season with all their pickups, um, but and then Golden State. What do you want to start with? Who do you want to start with? Let's. Who would you want to start? With? Go, Golden State or Bulls? Uh, we'll go. We'll go with Bulls first. All we'll right. go with Bulls first. They've got a few new faces there, um, and we'll see. Yeah. Well, I just liked what they did this off season in terms of they knew what they were wanted and who they were going to get. They already had a great coach in Billy Donovan, um, and. DeMar Rosen's rejuvenated his career for now. I'm, I'm still... I'm not convinced yet. This is what I'm trying to say. I don't think... Regular season, I reckon... I reckon they could get the number one seed. I reckon mm-hmm. they could sell, have the best um, record in the league, not just their conference. But I don't think it will fare them in, in the playoffs. They play too much run and gun. Yeah, but the way they're playing, they're all playing for each other. They're, they're really they're they're a real team right now. I they, agree. No, no, I don't teams. disagree, but we know when it comes to playoffs yeah, time. Lot, yeah, but, but being that team... Those lanes shorten, man. Yeah, but they're being a team structure. They're, they're playing hard on def- on the defensive end. They're all playing for each other. That's going to translate into, into playoff basketball. And you know who they can't lose, though? 
everyone's going to go, oh, I don't know. But Lonzo Ball, if they lose Lonzo Ball their season's... Oh, I've been a big believer in Lonzo Ball I, for, I am for too. a long time. And, and I'm so glad that he's finally, finally yeah. showing what he can do on the offensive end. Yep. He's always shown what he can do on the defensive end, and um, he's been criticised a, a whole lot for his offensive work. But um, now he's finally putting it together. He's showing what he can actually do. He's put in all the work, obviously, in the off season, um, and and Chicago is really reaping the benefits from it. To be and honest, DeRozan is only pl- he's pl- he's old. So is he going to be this good in April, May, June? Is he going to be like that? I know Levine can because he hasn't played in the playoffs. I know Ball can because he's still useful. Caruso can. Vukovic can. But DeRozan, that's my other issue. Like, how does he fare? Because he still needs to average. Levine will still get his 25. We know that. We know Vukovic is going to grab his 10 to 15 rebounds a game. We know Lonzo's going to make plays. We know Caruso's going to get steals. Is DeMar DeRozan going to be able to keep scoring, keep rebounding, and keep facilitating the way? So... I'm not. I'm, I've, they've proven me wrong because I said I didn't believe in the hype. I thought they were going to be that Chicago's '80s team where they're all about score, no defense. And right at the moment, they are playing defense. But my one point is when the when they got clamped against GW, uh, against Golden State Warriors, I think it was not the weekend. Just went the weekend before. They couldn't get any offense, and they couldn't stop the bleeding. Curry. Yeah, but let's let's be honest. No one's been able to stop the bleeding of Golden State right now. Yeah, they're, no, um, you're correct. They're, they're moving the ball. They're playing as a team as well. And once again, they're just showing these both these teams. To, for me, they're both showing that team basketball is better than your yeah, superstar basketball. No, I agree. But I think what Golden State have over every other team in the league is how deep they are. They've got a balance. Yeah, as well, well. yeah, they they run well. Like we were talking about, um, I reckon they've. They run at least eight deep. Well, as, as I had a look at their that's, list. That's not even some of the guys that probably aren't there. So, you know how like teams have before the trade or who they're going to get in the trade line, in the trade deadline. Who they get it? Who? What other star they get? They still got Clay Thompson to come back. Oh. Man. Clay Thompson. It's ridiculous. The second best shooter I reckon ever in the behind Curry on the same team. Yeah, it's, like it's ridiculous. And then you got probably probably the leading contender for your most improved player in Jordan Poole. Well, it depends on what happens. So my whole thing is, what Jordan Poole are we going to get when Clay, when comes, Clay back? comes back? Yeah. So, but it's all it's going to be all about minutes. It's going to be but but Jordan Poole showing that he could be he could be that um, he could be that spot up shooter or he can be that guy that comes he in has and, no has, conscience, and has a burst when Curry sits. He has um, no conscience. I was watching the game the other night. He missed three, three threes in a row. Didn't stop him. Jacked up the next one and he, he got hot from it. So that's a shooter's mentality anyway. Yeah. You know who he reminds me of? A J.R. Smith. Oh, yeah. Uh, a bit fiery, a bit competitive. He's actually a better defender than Jay. I'll give him that. Yeah, so. but let's, uh, let's, let's hope he just uh, learns how to mellow out and, and not take the shots that he doesn't need to take too much. But I'm all, I'm all for, I'm all for be- believing in yourself, and, and he seems to be believing. And when Clay comes back, we know what Clay can do. Yeah. Clay, can, Clay can be a spot. Are you shooter, concerned about his injuries? Like nah. the ACL uh, and an Achilles. Yeah. Are you from from what I've seen and how he's moving? I, I don't think it's going to slow him up. Being not being not being one of those really really big guys. So really, like you do, yeah, you Marcus Cousins and stuff like that. He's still six seven, yeah. so that's pretty tall in comparison still, to still us. Still tall, <laughs> but yeah, compared to us. But you know, like you got you got those guys that they're heavy as well on their legs. Where yeah. Clay, he, he's nimble, he's he's, so fit. he's gonna he's gonna come back relatively the same. 
Um, and the, so do you I'm expect assuming, him to be I'm back, back? I, I, I think he's going to be back, back. Yep. And so the top be... five guard in the league, like in his position, sorry. Yeah. Yep. yep. Oh, that's... Well, Golden State fans will be yep. very, very oh, happy. God. I, I, if, if he comes back at anywhere near his best and and these other guys keep performing how they are, I, I just don't see I just don't State want, getting know, beaten. I just don't want Wiggins to drop off. I'm loving his production on the defensive end plus the offensive end. Yeah. So he's posterizer on, on Towns and against the Timberwolves, his old mob, but... His defense is what's getting under undervalued because of what Curry's doing. Wiggins is going to the best def- best player on each team, and he's nullifying him. He's literally clamping him. He kept Levine and, he's and beating De- him on the other end. Yeah, as well. and he kept Levine and Demar Derozan when they had their matchup with the last weekend or the weekend before. But like I said, they're deep. Like you got Kaminga coming off the bench, looking. And Iguodala, Iguodala's come back, yep. being able to I, able to move. Did you see his dunk the other night? The other night, like when he was at the Heat in the finals, he couldn't move. He couldn't move, and he's doing this. But you got Curry, Otto Curry Porter. Must, Curry must have given him all his, <laughs> his workout schedule. Has and, to, uh, yeah. They must have had to but complete Otto it to Porter, make the team. Otto Kaminga, Kaminga, Kamunga, I can't say his name. Um, <laughs> even they got Moody, and they still got Clay to come back, and Wiseman. I'm interested to see how Wiseman fits into the lineup as well. Like last season, he was a bit um, uh, lost in the system, in their in their offense, and even in the defensive things. But that's just raw, I think. Yeah. So, I'm, so, so I do think they, do they go do they go back to playing small ball and Draymond at the green? Uh, maybe Wiggins at the four. Well, Steve Kerr t- typically likes to start the big center to play 15 minutes, and then, yeah, yeah I think they will. I don't know if Eagle Dart will be in that lineup. Um, maybe Poole, may, even even Otto Porter. Um, you could even put Blitzer in there as because he's a very good knockdown yeah. shooter. Yeah. Or Kaminga, if you want some energy, yeah, like running I mean, through the they've lanes. Got all kinds of options, don't they? And Steve Kerr yeah. must be just like, oh. yeah, we lost Kevin Durant, but look who we got. Yeah. Like, yeah, we had two. Eh, yeah, I, last season, I don't really, not really concerned about. Like, it was just get the just season get going. through it. Yeah. <laughs> it was just get through it. We had Curry coming back from injury on yeah. and off. Uh, then you, then he he hit hot. Is he form. the MB- MVP? Uh, I know we touched on it last week, but yeah. Um. Oh, it's got to be him or KD right now. Yeah. Um. Paul George, I think is is the closest behind him. Then then you got Giannis and and probably Jokic. Yeah. Um. But uh. And then DeRozan, obviously, just after them. For for me, for me personally, I think yep. it's that way. But um. I for for me, I think KD is going to get it. Um. But Curry. Curry obviously breaking his own record shooting wise. Uh, you got all all these all these things that Curry's doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's hard to go past him. That's it's, for sure. It's hard to not to watch him either. Yeah. Like he's just so so good to watch. Yeah. No. No doubt about it. Um. All right. Well, let's move on from the NBA. Uh, let's let's get. Well, into... just before we get off the oh, NBA. Yeah. 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 Well, what about LeBron? Oh yeah. Sorry. Yes. Yes. A big big talking point of today. Um, yes, Isaiah Stewart and LeBron. Screwed my fantasy team. Yeah. Isaiah Stewart did. Yeah, I'm glad I don't have either of them in my fantasy team. Um, but, yeah, was it an accident? Was it not? I honestly think, and you know, I'm not a big LeBron like lover, but I, it did look like an accident. It just looked like a bit of a fight for position and the arms yeah, got tussled up. It did, is it an accident if you're throwing your arms around? You know what you're doing. 
Exactly. And that's why he got the one-game suspension. But I'm disappointed in Stuart and how he, he reacted. Yeah, I, think, I think it was an overreaction after the fact. The first chase down, I'll let you have it. The second one, you go, oh, mate, you're pushing. The third chase down, it's like, dude, you're out of control. Yeah. You're, you're a ro- the first thing is, you're a role model. You're in a family environment with basketball. You already know what happened in that arena with Palace and, uh, the Malice and the Palace. Yeah. Like, why Why do you need to be like that? Yeah. That's my whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I think they've tried to stamp a lot of that stuff out. And, um, yeah, uh, uh, I definitely think it was warranted to, to step up to him. But I Protect don't th- yourself, look yeah, after yourself, yeah, but don't carry yourself Obviously, stand up for away. yourself, but I, I don't think it was necessary to take it that far and keep on going with it. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. But, yeah, anyway. Yeah, I've so got did... one more point yeah, for you. let's go. Who's the next coach to get fired? We know Luke Walton, and I'm going to throw you three names. Ooh. Frank Vogel for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. If they don't start clicking, is yeah. he gone? I've got Dwayne Casey from the Pistons. Mm-hmm. So from the same two teams, which personally I don't think Dwayne Casey is. I think he's a very good um, yep. play developer. Look what he did with DeRozan and Kyle Lowry, rejuvenated Kyle Lowry's career. And people go, no, Kyle Lowry was already that. No, have yep. a look what, where he was before he landed at Toronto. Nate McMillan from the Hawks, though. They're having a pretty bad season. Yeah, I I don't think it's either of those three. Any of those three, sorry. Um, I think... I think Vogel has probably <clears throat> built up enough credibility at the moment um, just from his championship. I, I don't know they're playing average, but he's, he's got the benefit of the doubt. I think I, I so, don't, yeah. I don't think he's a very good coach myself, but... But and I think I'll, I think Le, he gets LeBron gets whatever he wants to be honest. Well, LeBron yeah, is the GM, which, 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 I not... which I don't really like. My as, whole thing as a is team and... you lose KCP, you lose Danny Green, you lose Caruso, you lose defensive players, and you get in offensive players with a defensive coach. Yeah, like you got to get the personnel that suits the coach, and that's why Frank Vogel, in his first season as the Lakers coach, was so successful because he had Avery Bradley, he had. KCP, he had Caruso, he had LeBron actually playing defense. They had Dwight Howard and Javale McGee, which he, everyone leaves out with when he yeah. left and stuff like that. So no, we had a team that was defensive orientated. Now it's our best defender. Defender is Kent Bazemore. Yeah, who's not even oh, who's playing but not well. Not well, <laughs> no. And. Yeah, I, see, I, I don't think it's any of those three. Detroit's got a pretty young side as well. I, I don't think they're... Maybe they might trade um, for players, but I don't think they're going to get rid of their coach. I think they're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Well, Dwayne Casey's and been I think there for Atlanta, three, three seasons. I think Atlanta, you're coming off a championship, like not winning, but a conference. getting into the playoffs. A conference um, win. But if they're not reaching those aspirations of where they think they should be... Surely Nate McMillan is on the chopping ball. Oh, uh, no. See, that's what I... Like, and he's a defensive got, coach, and they're not playing defense. Yeah, but you, that's what... You just got to give it time sometimes. Yep. Like, no, I agree. May, I think we're be, too quick to rush early, on early, yeah. It may be early. Oh, look, if it, gets to, if it gets to 50 games in and they're still struggling and they're not in the playoff, and they're not looking like making playoffs, then maybe, yeah. But I think at the moment, it's early. Some people coming back in... Average form, um, you know, they they might start hitting their straps now and, and getting on a run. I mean, look at uh, Phoenix; they didn't start off too flash hot. 
and now, and now they're on a 13. I think it's a bit run. different though. You've got Chris Paul. Yeah. If you have Chris Paul, the point guard, I'm pretty sure you're going to be all right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so. Even even Golden State, like you're not going to fight Steve Kerr. No. And but you also have Curry. So I think it helps, and people go, "Oh, what about Frank Vogel with LeBron?" Well, they don't complement each other, I don't think. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, uh, to, to answer your question, I, I don't think any of those three are getting fired this season. I hope not. I honestly hope. I don't think Frank Vogel should get fired. I, I I'm a Frank Vogel supporter. Dwayne Casey, I love him. I think he's one of the best coaches in the league. Mm-hmm. He's just had a really poor position in terms of what he's got to work with. Yeah. But Nate McMillan. He was when he was at the coach of Portland. I thought he was awesome, and then obviously with the injuries to Aldridge, Roy, and Odin, like it can't. They needed a new voice, and they had to go a different direction before Lillard came in. Yeah. And then um, at Paces, when Paces, they're a funny size as well. So I'm not set on where the Paces are. Yeah, as see, well. that's the one. That's the one I think could be going. They got a new coach, Rick Carlisle's first first year in. Came from Dallas, yeah. big big thing well thing was before he went to Indiana he was meant to be getting the Milwaukee job but mm. they because Milwaukee thought they were going to lose to Brooklyn yeah so Clear. no I think we're, I know we've got to move on and stuff but yeah I thought I'd throw those out yeah fair enough um, alright let's let's take a look at the AFLW we haven't spoken about this yet on the podcast so uh, happy to jump into this and um, no I'm a, looking forward a, to this give our predictions um, see where we're coming up um, in in the next season with how a few teams have gone in with um, drafts and how we think that they're going to improve their chances of either making finals or or even um, making the big dance. Well, I, wa- I watched, well, I'd say 90% of the games last year in the AFLW. I was a big supporter of it. I think there's still five teams. There's aren't, like You can get your draft this year. I We talked about this off-air, but... Um, Lions, Pies, D's, Crows, and Freo are the five best teams. Yeah. And then you got a bit of a drop off between the Dogs and the Blues. Yep. Um, and you could throw Saints in, but Saints um, losing, I can't remember which player it was that who retired. Um, I don't know. I think the five teams are just that strong at the moment. Yeah. Um, but in saying that. I'm actually excited for this season and I can't wait for what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm excited to take my daughter to a few few games and stuff as well. Um, and yeah, It's we'll, very kid-friendly, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. it was a lot of fun when we went. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we'll ho- hopefully it um, we went to goes Victoria up another Park. level as well. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, well, it should be, should be a good time. Um, so, let's have a look at your predictions for this season. So... Um, Let's have a look at our league best and fairest. Who who have you got winning? That? I went Bowers for the double. So she won it last year. Yeah. I think she's a great coach. Tough as nails. You never see her without a blood lip. Like she's just so tough. Really good skills. Really, really good skills. And she will poll. I don't think anyone will still vote from Freo. Mm-hmm. But in saying that, I've actually got Freo to win it all as well. Ooh. I think it's I Ooh. think it's there, okay. yeah. That's a that's a What about you? Uh so I'm um I'm gonna go I'm going to go the double as well, so I'm going to pick who I think um, is my league best and fairest from from Adelaide, who I think is going to win the grand final this season. Yep, be cool. Yeah. Um, and I think I think Anne Hatchard. I think I think it's going to be a difference in the whole in the whole uh, league best and fairest run. Um, I think it's going to be different. 
to but the she a, has to vote the, to people, the AFL as well. My, I, I like she your call. Votes. She's going to stand out. And, and but I think, healthy Aaron Phillips gets votes. Yes, yes, I agree because she kicks a lot of goals and everything as uh, well. She, but she goes through the middle. She's yep. really strong. Ma. She's yep. very prominent. Oh, I, I, oh, look, Aaron Phillips is probably going to steal. That's why I didn't. Uh, Marinoff is probably going to steal votes as well. Because I think Brianna Davey will be up there. Yep. But I think um, Britt uh, Benet. Benici, um, even uh, Lambert from Collingwood, they'll steal votes off each other. Collingwood's got a really good midfield. I think Freo are the best all-around team, but in saying that, I'm surprised. Wait, wait, who did you go with your grand final? The grand final? I think Adelaide's going to So you're going Adelaide. See, I'm surprised because you're a pressure man. You love... You love high tempo, mm-hmm. high pressure on the ball. That's what Lions did. Lions yeah. did that all year. I thought you would yeah. pick Lions. I think um, I think Adelaide, with obviously making the grand final last year, uh, one of the best teams in the in the league, and then and then adding the draft picks, which we'll get to soon. Yep. That they have, I think they're going to bring in a, a lot more talent as well than than a lot of the other top teams. Yep. Um, and yeah, I think I think that's gonna I think that's what's going to push them up again. So who do you have for um, oh, I call it rookie of the year. Yeah, so I reckon Georgie Presparkis or Stella Reid. I think yeah. they had fantastic. Um, everyone will go row bottom because she was so yeah, prominent. So yeah, I would I would say how how good she looked in in her uh, rookie rookie years um, in the, uh, yeah, t- in the uh, state yeah in the state, state levels. Yeah, um, I, I think I think she's she's top notch. So um, yeah, I reckon she's going to be be the. Leading contender. But, yep, Stella uh, Reid off the wing. You never know. You never know. For Richmond, anyone can make make that jump and um, take it off her. Yep. Um, but one smoky for the league best of Ferris, which I don't know if anyone's going to pick, is I actually think Taylor Harris is is going to be a big a big chance. I reckon she's got a, she's got a Whoa. lot to prove. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Yeah, I think she's got. Whoa. I think she has got a lot to prove this season after her pay demands. Um, I think moving clubs to Melbourne might be that refresher that she maybe needed. Well, she has at Melbourne. She has prominent players that can still vote from her. Yeah. But she's but exactly she's what Melbourne. Yes, Melbourne needed a key forward. They get one with Taylor Harris, yep. and with her pay demands. I'm glad you brought that up, Ash, because I'm actually not against it. I'm one of those people that was supported her with that sort of stuff because her argument of her being their logo for the league, mm-hmm. I 100% agree. Yeah, because she put him on the map. Yeah, look, uh, I'm not, I'm not totally in disagreement of a pay rise. I'm not in disagreement with that. I disagree with, I disagree with the pay demand that she that she put on the on yep. the on the Blues, where where she had a poor season. Where she had she, a poor season. Like, yep. I, I know, I know. In my job, I don't. If I have a bad, if I had a bad, bad year, and I stuff up a few jobs, you can't I'm not, ask I'm for not a paying for a, asking for a pay rise. No, so. I agree. No, no. But um, her demand of her saying that she was a logo and a figurehead, I think that's where. Yeah, all right. Maybe get some more endorsements and more sponsorships. I think. Yeah, for the case. But I agree with you. Yeah. But also, you can understand where she's coming from. But in saying that, but also, blues yeah. weren't going anywhere. Yeah. But also you got to look at you also got to look at for for her if she's if she's wanting this sport to grow if she's wanting the these businesses to grow and stuff like that uh, they're not they at the first season and stuff they weren't even charging entry like and she's she's now asking to pretty much double I think what yep. what everyone else is getting 
which which I'm all for. The the women need to need to earn more so they can make it their number one number one job and make sure that they're able to train properly like the AFL players do and and make it a better sport, uh, which is what I'm which is hopefully what these next draft picks and these these other girls that are that have been playing consistently for five to ten years that they're going to actually well, you bring put it into this the way. league. There's so much more skill. Like when when we were younger, the the girls that were playing against like us and my brother and that sort of stuff, they, they were some of the best players. Yeah. Well, I actually, I coached, well, I assistant coached one of the girls and um, she ended up playing college basketball. She's at Hawaii Pacific at the moment, dominating. Yep. But she won, I think, two league best and fairnesses and she played as a bottom major as well. So, no, they're definitely out there. And the best thing about the AFLW now is where, I think it's, we're in the sixth season now. Yep. 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 Sixth six. season. So we're six years in. Six years ago, let's just say, let's just say in four years' time, there's a new crop of players. Yep. Six years ago, there were eight. Yeah, exactly. And they're, now they've in been f- playing for ten years, non-stop, ten years non-stop, exactly like the boys are and coming in. Have been doing, and so. you already see with um, um, Press Parkers from Carlton. She can come out of a pack, kick left and right, and deliver the footy. Yeah, just and the you're going to get more skills, and more of that. The skills are just going so the, up and up and up, which is the which game is, is gonna, growing, which is going to improve your scoring, which is going to improve all this stuff that that they have been lacking. But but you know they they've got a they've well, got. They've I'm got glad a you brought this up, Ash. I really am because I've got something here, and I can't wait for the AFLW to hear this and then offer me a job to promote. Because <laughs> I reckon I've got something here that can make the league jump. I reckon this right here in front of me, this piece of paper that I've got, is going to make the women's league... If you say money, then... (laughs) (laughs) I think we're all thinking that one. (laughs) Yeah, um, but I think it will make the women's league, the women's AFL, the biggest women's sports in Australia, and I reckon could um, produce international as well. So I reckon once we get our uh, 18 teams... We divide the, the teams into two divisions. Now, people go, oh, you can't do that, can't do that. I'm going, you have 12 rounds, and you play the teams in your divisions, and then you cross over, play a couple from the other round. But you start your season in December. And the 1st of December, you start your season. And you finish mid-March. Why? Well, you start it, you're not competing against the boys' program. Yep. The, we had a grand final. I know we had COVID. But most people watch. They they competed against the men's. Like you just can't do that. Yeah, that's a it's a grand final. Yeah, you can't go up against the men's and stuff like that. Not yet, anyway. No, not yet. But it's still you just don't. It's if, a growing. It's a growing brand. You're not gonna. You're not gonna. Well, you're not gonna start a women's game on a grand final of a men's. Like, no. it, you wouldn't do. So don't do it again. And obviously, it's gonna be summer. So you start the game in the afternoon later at night you wouldn't start if you're playing a Northern Territory game you'll be playing it at night time because it's yep. too hot but why I say this and stay with me you can have better marquee games I reckon take a module from other sports from around the world and play a Christmas night game and you have it so it's on television free to air people can be glued to the screen and you, some families that might not get to go anywhere or anything like that they can go to a game yep. on a night time no one else is doing it. You're not yeah. going up against a Boxing Day test. You're not going up against Christmas Day basketball games. No one else is doing it. So yeah. I reckon that's a platform where they could do it. Yep. Now, if that's... The, a, they, they need more money for that. The, 
some of the girls aren't gonna for their pay packets. They're not gonna they're not gonna miss Christmas with their family. But in saying that, you're playing in the, as the scene, as the best of the best. And if you're not, oh, look, play, I, I'd love it. I'm not I'm not against. Yeah, no, it, no. I think I think they'll be all for it, especially if it's marquee. Yeah. If it's marquee, they'll do it. And the reason why I say to put it in divisions into two divisions, they're gonna play the same team over and over again every year for the five years. You're gonna play the same team five times, depending if you get to play them in finals. That's get a exactly. You get to build rivalry base, and now and the and what I'm saying is as well, do it like an NFL play finals. So you got you got two divisions. You four weeks of football for finals. Your teams that finish on top of the ladder on each division get a week off, and then you have two versus seven. Mm -hmm. You got um, three versus six and four v five. So the number one seed then. Whoever the, whoever finishes on top will get the worst seeding. Whoever wins, so you've got three teams that go out. So you have seven teams make a final on each side, and then the worst seeding will um, that wins out of the first round will verse um, the number one seed, and the other two will verse each other. Yep. This creates upsets. Yep. This creates rivalries right then and there, yep. because no team likes losing, and they go, I don't want to lose that team ever again. Yeah. And you're creating must-see watch games. And then you combine the, the winner of each division into a grand final. Yeah. And you play it that way. But, I don't know. Oh, I, it, this is, I, I'm very passionate about it. I think this is what it is. And my daughter loves footy. So, I want this, I want people to watch it and be able to go to it. But it's get a create rivalries. Yeah. And that's what makes footy maybe, so great maybe it's something for them to look at maybe we'll send this I in. told them call me up I've, <laughs> I've got this planned out I, I spent a lot of time thinking about this and I'm and it's not going against the men that's the biggest thing yeah. it's and we get AFL 20, all around the clock all around the year yeah, which we get uh, we get the off season. I'm definitely not against so. we, we get the off season and people go oh what about the grounds well the AFL the sprinkler system. Yeah, have have you walked recycled water? You've walked on the MCG. You've you've walked on that. the training grounds. Like yeah. it, it's like it's like clouds, mate. So yeah. it's not like you're every day going to the local footy oval where it, some the groundskeepers. Yeah, listen, who knows what this is? Uh, this is professional, top of the state, top of the yard. Yeah. So, yeah. that's where I stand on it. Uh, I'm interested to see, hear your take. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm, I'm definitely not against it. I, um, yeah, I, I, would, I would love to see that, to be honest. Well, like, we both have young daughters, and both yeah. of them love sport, and yeah. they both love footy. So, I think, oh, look, yes, every parent wants to see their kid play professional sport, but if they have a platform and a way to get there and yeah, a goal, they, they make it, but at least, yeah. there's, at least there's something, there's role models for them exactly. to look up to rather than looking up to men, you know, it's always a good thing for that to happen. Love to hear people's other thoughts on that as but well. Yeah. Um, Alright, let's have a look at the AFL draft, yeah, oh, well, AFLW draft, sorry, um, with just a, just a few teams, so... A uh, couple of teams obviously finishing closer to the bottom, um, and then and then my my pick for the grand final, um, Adelaide. We're just going to have a quick look at them as well. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, I got I got Gold Coast. Gold Coast obviously finished bottom. They didn't win a game, uh, but they've got they've got th- three top picks. They've got a pick, the first pick. They've got the sixth pick and the eighth pick. With the girls coming up now that have been playing like we were talking about for those for that s- six seven years now, 
that have been striving for it. They haven't stopped playing. They're, they're younger. Yeah, girls. their future's bright. They're coming yeah. in. You know, then then you got then you got Geelong. Just those two teams are the two bottom teams. I'm just going to quickly look at them both together. But then they've got two, seven, nine, and fifteen. Geelong got struck with injuries last yeah, so season, so had... I, I expect them to bounce up yeah, the they, ladder. They were they were they were still competitive. They they lost they lost one maybe two games by decentish margin. Yeah, North but, Melbourne, but they were still was... scoring. They were and and you're adding four top tier talents. So you know you got the it's... both both of these teams, and like like I keep saying, the the girls that are coming up now are gonna be. And nothing against the girls that have come over from cross code and stuff like that, but they stopped playing for five, ten years. Even if they played when they were younger, they stopped playing because no, they, they had nowhere yep. to go. Well, you look at Brit, um, Brit Benici, she got to keep playing footy the whole way through. She didn't have to stop, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, but I agree, like, Georgia Press Parkers is a, a, a proper one. Like, she played footy all her life and then she went, got into the AFL and she yep. burst onto the scene. Yeah, just straight but away. But at the same in. time, I think. Like, well, Sam Walsh and Matt Rowell in the men's program, a bit different, but number one picks and a lot of picks, they're still, they're still kids. Oh, they're still they're kids. They're still kids. But, so, but where, where, where the, the future where the, lies, where though. Where the AFLW is at right now, I think, I think the kids and the girl, the younger girls that have been playing non-stop that are coming in and, and gone, I think they're going to change the game. I think so too, but you, there's two players that come into my mind and they see, and, they will see a, a young girl coming into the into the ground, matching up against them. Mm-hmm. They won't stop them. Bowers, you're not tackling her. Yeah. And she's going to probably break you in half if you try and push her off. Yeah. And Brianna Davey. Yeah. Two best and, fair, best and fairest from last season. Yeah. And they're... And their talents, and they're not the only yeah. players. Oh, there. Look, I'm, I'm not knocking. I'm not knocking the players that are already but in the league. But I'll give you I, one. I think. Yeah. I think they're going to come in, and I think they're going to change the game as it stands right now. I just think the skills that they're going to bring in is going to be better than the girls that have come back from the netball and all that stuff. Not yep. knock, like I said, not knocking them, but but just being able to play non-stop footy, footy, yeah. Is just going to be an advantage over the girls that have have crossed and uh, crisscrossed and gone cross coded and, and yeah gone all around the gone all around the codes, um, but yeah, I, I just think I just think that's going to be a massive difference, and and I'd like to see see what happens. I, I'm I'm predicting Geelong to make the finals. I, when the fixture hasn't been released four. yet, and we don't know what the format is because it has changed mm-hmm. over the over the years, but that's a big call. But it, again, it depends on their fixture and how they're going to structure the league. Yep. Um, Geelong did was in a very tough conference yeah. or division. I but, think it was last like year. Like I said, I, I really believe in the youth that's coming through. Yeah, and I I really do believe that that Geelong is going to be going to definitely make the finals. And, and I'm even I'm even picking them for a sneaky chance for the top four. Wow. I, I, Look, that's it's good to have a strong opinion, but I can't see any of the five that I pick mm-hmm. not being around that four mark. Yeah. Like, I expect. Look, I think it's. I'm hoping that Freo gets it because they have been around the top mark. Same with Melbourne, but Lions and Adelaide are just. Oh, they they are very good. They're which, very good, and Pies only Pies only lost to the Lions by a goal. And they had their measure for yep. both teams. Like it's funny because we both like pressure, 
the way Collingwood play is to avoid pressure. So yeah. they keep possession of the ball, they move the footy around, yeah. and their skills are very great. But, yeah, uh, I'm actually excited for this season. I've already got yeah. my AFL membership, so yeah. I'm pretty keen for it. But, no, uh, I agree with you. The, the draft is going to be very important yeah. in the next three years because it's going to set up talent from players that have played 10 years now. Yeah. In, in three years' time, it'll be nine. Yeah. But players that have played footy consistently. Yeah. So I reckon the draft is much more important. Instead of trading off our right, first-round pick for an mm-hmm. established star, well, maybe you could do what we're saying in the AFL, in the men's program, with what Hawthorne did, what Geelong did, what Richmond did, Pick building up, up through players. the draft. Yeah, well, um, yeah, which is leading me into Adelaide. The whole reason that I have picked Adelaide for the grand final win is they're the only the only team out of the top few, out of the top few teams that have a pick up high, and which is look for me they've got. They've had one for one first rounder at seventeen. They've had and then they've had two second rounders, one at twenty and one at thirty four. You're bringing three three probably fairly quality players in into the into your team that's already a top tier team. I mean, I mean, they're just gonna. I think it's just gonna put them back up above Brisbane and Collingwood and, and yeah. Well, other, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna um, slander your pick or anything like that. I think it's. Adelaide are always the, one of the best teams in the league. Mm-hmm. They've already won two, um, and they made a th- third grand final. So, no, they've coached well. They play well. They play for the team, and they've got a massive support behind them as well. Yeah. So, And whenever they play at home, they have a crowd, and they get behind them. Um, no, like I said, I'm, I'm so excited for this season, and I'm excited to see these young players. I really think Georgie Presparkis and Stella Reid, for me, are the two... Two keep your eye on players. I reckon they. I think they could even make the All Australian squad. Ooh. That's how. That's how good I think they could be. Yeah. Well, let's let's hope to see it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a quick break, and then um, after the break, we're gonna we're gonna jump straight in to the redraftables and have a bit of fun. And we're back, Ash. We're gonna do our first redraft. Uh, we call it the redraftables. The two thousand nine. AFL draft. You and I shared a little notes before, and we've got some interesting takes. Who do you? Who's going to take the first pick? Uh, all right. So you want to get straight into it? Yeah, let's get straight into let's it because I've it. got a feeling we're going to do the first twenty picks. Yep. Yep. Um, depending on how the time is and if the drop off is too much, which I don't think it is. Looking at the list. Um, no, it's a very stacked draft. Yeah, from what and I've, actually, I've seen, and, and there's a few, there's a few unlucky players that are when gonna, we, when we, miss when we, out. yeah, when we do our picks, just make sure you read the original team out. Um, and I've got the um, original pick as well. Okay, so all right, number one was uh, Melbourne, which was uh, Tom Scully at number one. Yep. Um, see, I'm obviously changing that one, and I'm going to go with Fife, Nat Fife. Uh, this is going to be a few issues with this one. Maybe, maybe not from you, but well, well, I know there'll be a few We know who number people. two is then. So two was Dusty. I picked Dusty. To, yeah. um, from He would have gone to Melbourne. I mean, for, for me, either way, you, you go either way, you, yeah. you're still... The, the only thing that Fife gets is a bit of, bit of the extra bonus. So with the second pick, it was Jack Trengrove. And yeah. I'm going to take Dustin Martin. So Melbourne had the... This is when they had the priority pick plus the first pick. Mm-hmm. What a midfield they could have had. Like, 
it all worked out well for them. They won the flag yep, this year. They won the flag. They uh, they probably could have won one a few years earlier though. Yeah, no, uh, I from, agree. From what I'm from what I'm looking at, <laughs> um, but yeah, they're they're definitely obviously the the best two out of the out of the draft. I would I would assume. Um, and all right, moving straight to number three. Who you got? No, nah, it's your pick. Or oh, my pick. Yep. All right. Uh, I had Max Gorn. Yeah, I had Gorn as well. Yeah, I think the, I think the way he's he's improved out of out of sight in in most recent years and and earning a few All Australia Blazers. So. so that's this is where Dusty originally got picked, and his career's obviously been very detailed. But yep. Gorn, very detailed as well. Yeah, I think that these three players. There's other drafts with great players, but these three players are so so damn good. Yeah. So yeah. you, you can't go past them. So I have the fourth pick, and Frio had this selection, and they mm-hmm. had Anthony Morbido they picked. Yes. I went with Cunnington. Ooh. So okay. I thought, I went with how I chose this pick was, I knew what they had at the time, what they needed. Mm-hmm. They went with a midfielder, yep. but they didn't have an inside mid- midfielder. Paul Hazelby was at the end of his career. They also, at the time, they didn't have five. And mm-hmm. um, Sonny... Um, Michael Walters wasn't playing then either. But they did have Mundy, a young Mundy. Mm-hmm. But Cunnington would have fit with a Sandlands yeah. tap straight down, big yeah. body, get the handball out. But for, for me, for me, Mundy, Mundy was that big body player they already had in the midfield. Yeah, but I've, Mundy's shown I've that gone, he can play. I have gone with Mitch Duncan at number four. Well, you've got the fifth pick with Kangaroos selected Cunnington with the fifth pick. So yes. you're going with Duncan. See, yes, uh, uh, no, number number four, Mitch Duncan for me. Yeah. Um, and number five, number five, I, I decided to choose Ben Cunnington. Yeah. So he, I had he with, still he still ends up at North for me. Yeah. So I had him, I had Cunnington at four, Duncan at five. Um, interesting, interestingly, uh, they're both Geelong Falcons. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but for, for me, for me, Mitch Mitch Duncan no. has probably had the better career. He he has to be above Cunnington. He has to be. And, How so? And, and and if you got Monday there, they've already got a big body midfielder. Mitch Duncan has to go there. I don't know. I I, I think if you played Mitch Duncan's career out uh, ten times, he lands at the best possible position with him going to Geelong. So I think no, we got the best. See, see he he took a lot of backseat at the start of his career. Yeah, but he didn't need it, and he got to slow burn. Where Cunnington goes to a a, a rebuilding North Melbourne side. I was, I'm not yeah, going to say terrible. He, he had to. He had to. And he's been great ever since. He's probably one of the best midfielders in the league. So and hence why, hence why him still at North is still a good pick for them. And Mitch Duncan wouldn't be a good pick for them because he he hasn't been allowed. I think to, there's going to be a lot yeah. of angry North Melbourne supporters out there yeah. just saying that. See, North North. Ha- I, I think Ben Cunnington is the perfect player for North and. And I think Frio would have been better off with Mitch Duncan. Okay, yeah. so uh, we'll agree to disagree yeah. on that one, which is fine. Yeah. This is great, providing great content. Number number six. I went with Talia. Because oh. the Swan, are you thinking Jeez, about that's it? early. It's a Swan's pick. They chose Gary Rowan. Oh, so. that's way too early. No, I went with... So where, okay, so where did they want Gary Rowan to play? Huh? In the forward line. Yeah. So, and who has had the best career out of this draft, probably, as a forward? Probably Gunston. Oh, and that's my pick. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I went with Talia. Like, you you had a... Uh, it was in his prime, Grundy at the time, as a full back, and they had Teddy Richards. But imagine a, 
Yeah. Imagine and then imagine them having more of a forward line. Nah. The Swans yeah. play contestant. They still have poor ru- rules. Nah. Um, uh, I think I think Jack Gunston is the best pick at number six. But moving on to number seven. Yep. I have Dylan Grimes. They have a ultimate for they had an ultimate forward line. They had Prudence and that running through the midfield. Uh, I've gone I've gone Dylan Grimes to show up their back line as well. Now they've now My they've... seventh pick, the West Coast. West Coast also picked Brad Shepherd at with this pick. Mm-hmm. I went with Dylan Grimes. Ooh. So we got an agreement. Yeah. And then I actually this is where I thought so you brought up Gunston before at six. I had Gunston at eight. Going to the power because they badly needed a forward, yep. and they let's be honest, they've got the next two picks of power in eight and nine. They also they picked John Butcher and Andrew Moore, which I can't remember that. Yep. So uh, I cannot remember them either. But but, but I thought Gunston and Carla because Carla in his peak, Carla was the second best backman behind Harry Taylor in his peak at the t- yeah. So, wait, so you got Gunston at eight and yep. and Carlisle at nine. Yes. Yeah, so for me, Port, for my Port picks, I've got, I have um, Sam Reed at number eight as a big forward, who's probably the second best forward in the league, which is what they're after. And then and then I've got Brad Shepard at nine. All right, so we're really, really, really different in that yep. re- regard. And I'll tell you why in a sec, but... Let's just run out the top 10 for a second. And Essen has a pick, and they choose Jake Melksham. And I went with a three-time premiership player in Asprey. I think I think he's just undervalued backman. I, thought, I don't think there's much changing in his uh, structure. And if you have a real think about it, he was the third key defender for Richmond. And I think that saved him. Yeah, and I, I, I agree. I don't. I don't believe he was. He was as good as. He's as, still a good kick of the he, footy. Great he's position. Not, he's not. He's not a bad player. I think he was definitely looked after in that Richmond team with how much pressure with, they put on. Yeah, and I agree. No, before, but I think Ashbury, before they were that good, he wasn't that good. But before, you look at. So all right, let's go with your ten. With pick. my number ten, I have Ben Stratton. Who was an ultimate defender, ended up being a captain at Hawthorne, and was that good in defence. Wow. Wow. I actually don't have Stratton on my top 20. Well, haven't you made a mistake? No, no. (laughs) There's going to be a few angry Hawthorne supporters. I I probably could make it. Actually, no, I do. I do. I do. But he's later in the picks. Okay. You're lucky. That's, uh, I've got right, right in my book. Would have received a few hate, hate mails. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but no, I, this is where it's actually good because I think next time when we do our redraft, um, we'll go one for one. And if a player slips, we'll pick him up where it goes and so we don't compare who, where we had him and, and then we'll ask him. Um, but 11th pick, who do you have? It was the Demons. And they picked Jordan G- Gisbert. Yep. Um, and for for me, where Melbourne was lacking probably a lot of things at this, Melbourne at was this terrible. point of time. There's no hiding um, it. But with with who we've just got, we've got Fife and Dusty already. Let's uh, let's really make a powerhouse midfield and and wing position and pick up Tom Scully at number eleven. Wow! Whoa! I didn't have Tom Scully in my redraft at all. That is a horrible choice by you. I went Tom with Scully, Tom Scully was a gun early on. 
He was he also came really good at um at GWS until he got his ankle injury. Yep. He was probably one of the best wingers in the comp again. I agree. At that point. I agree. Until he got his ankle injury. He even got back to playing semi-good football at Hawthorne after his ankle injury until this whole... I just think my retirement. pick is actually just even better than that Ooh. because he adds... He complements what Fife and Dusty are. Okay. And I've gone with who should have won the Norm Smith medal in 2016 in Liam Picken. Oh, I've got... I've, right, to be fair, I've always loved Picken yeah. and how hard he works. And he's... A team first player. That who yeah, he is. Look, I, I agree. I just don't think he's better than players or other players on my list. So you don't have picking at all. I don't even have picking. All right. Know. So you can't give me. So you can't give me stick for not having Tom Scully if you're not going to give the should have been Norm Smith yes, medalist. Yes, but no. Liam Picking only did it for what four years? No, he did it for a lot no, longer. No, he didn't. He started no, off he as didn't. a defender. No, and then he, he did it for about four years of being actually a relevant player. At his best, he's better than no, Scully. No, he wasn't. Yes. No, he wasn't. He played well in a big game. Tell me when Scully played a big game in a final. He played a lot. Pickham played four great finals. No. I'll have him over Scully any day of the week. Okay. Next. All right. 12th pick, Carlton. Right. Carlton. Kane Lucas, they, they picked. They needed to stop a lot of scoring. And, oh, Ooh. no, actually, no, no, no. Sorry, they were actually pretty good in 09. And they had, I think they had Chris Judd and stuff running around then, didn't they? Yes, they did. They had Judd, they had, they had um, Cruiser, Gibbs, Murphy. Yes. And, and they got the big Fev. No. I think it, I, I think that's when Favola said, yeah. the pressure point, pressure yes. point. No, 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 no. Cause, no cause I think Chris, that was Chris, the year. No, Chris Judd only went over to um, Carlton after 2007 or 08. 2007 he came, yeah. Yeah, so if Fev was there with him. No, I think Fev uh, only for one season or two seasons. I'm going to okay. I'll Google yeah, it. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, Google we'll it. find that out. But for me, um, I went with Daniel Talia. Which, All right, yep. Which now shores up shores up their back line with... with yeah, I was right. One of, one of the it was best his midfielders, last year. With one of the best midfielders running around. They shore up their back line with Daniel Talia. Yeah, so 2009 for Vola leaves. Okay. So... Yeah, yeah they, they get, does that change your pick, though? No, no, it yep. doesn't. I, I still take Daniel Talia. See, yeah. I went with a player to... I went with a midfielder. Mm. And the reason why I did that was, yes, they had Gibbs. Yes, they had Murphy. Yes, they had Judd and Cruiser. Yep. But I was like, they need another good player just to ease the pressure off Gibbs and Murphy and because they were still young at the time. Mm-hmm. And I went with a mature age player with Barlow. I thought yeah. when he came into the... I like he, that pick. I like that pick. He just came in and, like, he probably wouldn't have the 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 impact that he had at Frio, mm-hmm. where he had at Carlton, but he would just make them so much, so much better, I thought. Yeah. Um, I, I do like that pick. I, I loved Michael Barlow. He, he's still in my in my top 20, but, yeah, he's not quite that high. Uh, but um, Adelaide, who for uh, number th- pick number 13, who you got? Um, so 13 was... Talia, as in the in a prop off by Adelaide, mm-hmm. but I went with Zach Tui. I thought a dash and half back. Yes, they get led eventually and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but I think he, he he makes that team better. But they're lacking. They're lacking. In Graham Johncock is at the end of his yeah, legs. But yeah, but they're starting to pick up forwards. They're starting to get forwards going through that club. They they've got it. I think they pretty. They had a pretty decent midfield still. They still and, have Bock at the reason, time, and the reason they're still going, yeah. But okay, they so, had Bock okay. and they had Phil Davis. Okay, still. so you add in now. My thirteenth pick is David Asprey, who's a third fiddle, which fits in yep. perfectly with them. 
Really so yours up their back line and they have a gun team. Yeah. I don't know. I just like Zach Tui playing as a small defender, helping the aging Graham Johncock at the time. Yep. I just thought, yep, like for like, he's a thump on left footer. And not to mention, he's impactful on the scoreboard as well. And Asprey, yes, I agree. But Adelaide have never had any issues drafting defenders. And I think they could get one later in the draft. And looking at the list in front of me, there was a lot of good players later in the draft anyway. Yeah. But no, I'm not dissing your pick. I'm, yeah. I'm not taking anything away. Um, but yes, no. F- 14th was yeah, 14th, Lewis Jetta to Lewis Sydney. Jetta, yep. Who do you have? For me, I had Zach Tui. Zach Tui. So rolls in there. So we're, we're similar. I actually stayed with the Jetta. Yeah. Because I just thinking about the 2011 Grand Final and mm-hmm. his run, his dash, and his creativity, and then what he did to Collingwood in 2018. <laughs> um, I think Jetta, you play his career ten times, and he lands in the perfect spot. He lands in a good culture, still with Paul Roos, and yep. then transitions to John Longmiller. He do- doesn't have pressure on him to be great straight away. Yep. He just eases it into it. And I just... Let's just say you went to Demons. Would his career turn out the way it did? Probably not. Possibly with Fife. Oh, no. And if, Scully, if, I'm no, honest. I'm just saying... Because like, <laughs> he was rumoured to go high to 11. Yeah. So if he went to, yeah, he's he's definitely slid in my draft. So yeah, so um, I think you play his career out ten times, he lands at the best possible outcome. And I think I think Tui being playing on the wing, a hard running goal scoring winger for Sydney, um, provides them a lot of a lot of attributes for for what they were probably looking for at that point of time. Yeah, and, and I think that gives them a lot of run and carry off the wing. All right. No, I, I'm, again, he fits in that system. Mm-hmm. Ty Canale, could he, with your Irish boy? Yeah. Like, it could have happened. Yeah. Um, 15th pick, the Dogs. They went with Christian Howard. And I'm interested to see where yeah, you let's have. Let's see what you got first. Well, the knock on the, Bris- uh, on the Bulldogs was nothing at the time because they made a prelim final. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a complete team in terms of that. They just had a team. They didn't have a superstar or anything mm-hmm. like that. But I was like, they had a great midfield in Boyd, Cross. Um, Brad Johnson ran through there. Ron Smith, still, Eagleton, Montgomery. I was like, you know what? They need, who was their ruckman? And I was looking at it and going, oh, Ben Hudson. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe go with the source. Big Sam Jacobs I went with. I thought a brilliant tuck ruckman going straight down to Boyd and Cross. I thought, yep, yeah, mm-hmm. I could see that happening. Yep. I had the exact same pick. There we go. I had the exact same pick. And, um, yeah, lo- looking at that, that probably that probably really puts them up even further. Yeah, the they, they were they're competitive with... Four, so. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I, I, I do agree. So, 16 was um, Port Adelaide yep. with... Um, uh, they picked Jasper Pittard. Yep. And were you cracking it with me? Who? Where did... Uh, I, I picked Sam Reid at this pick. Did yeah. you pick Sam Reid at nine? I picked Sam Reid at number eight. Uh, number eight, so for a forward. Mm-hmm. So I still had Gunston, Sam Reid, and Carlisle in my draft. So yeah. Power still gets Sam Reid. He slides in my draft board. Mm-hmm. Where Who did you go with? For me, I had Michael Barlow. Whoa, yes, I can see that. With yeah. Bokey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, they still, I think their midfield had Ebert at the time. 
Ooh, and I think I Kane Corns as well. Still, I'm pretty sure they were pretty competitive. Uh, still, still middle of the table. I'm yeah, pretty sure in in 2009. So. Yeah. All right, that's uh, that's interesting. And then the Geelong picked Dens- uh, Daniel Menzel at 17, mm-hmm. which could have been anything, but didn't turn into much. No, nah, uh, um, I reckon you'd kill me on this one. I got I got Jake Carlisle in this one. So I think him and Harry Taylor would make the best back line yeah. in the last 10 years. Yeah. But because Car- I had Jake Carlisle was early in his yeah, career, yeah, I agree. Essendon, I, and I he suits he would suit a Geelong suit side. Alongside. Yeah, no, I agree. I actually, I went with a player that ended up being a three-time Premiership player, and no, it's not Stratton, but I went with a player with a great left foot, fits the mould of Car- uh, of Geelong, and he fit the mould at Hawthorne, and I went with Suckling. Mm, I yeah. thought it's a life for life in terms of. Where his career landed and how he plays out. Plays under Bomber Thompson, then goes with Brad Scott. Yeah. Like you're not against you're not against suckling there. No, that's for sure. Um, Eighteen was Melbourne. Again, Melbourne, which well, Luke Tap Scott. They yeah. went with. Yep, and I decided to go Lewis Jetter. He was my slider yep. in, the, in the draft. Yep, which well, he, he goes was, to he demons was, like he, was he very on and off. But I definitely, I definitely like him at Melbourne there, and and providing that speed and run, uh, especially where with Fife Dusty and Tom Scully delivering in the ball down there. Yep. Um, he's he's a dominant force in the Melbourne forward line. I actually went with Stratton. Ben Stratton. Yeah, he slid on my board, and only because like yeah, he had a lockdown That's offensive a role. Rough, rough call for a three times premiership back. No, I I agree. <laughs> um, I lo- I have to admit, I do like Ashbury as a third fiddle. Um, that's why I put him a bit higher than Stratton. But Stratton's last couple of seasons before he was retiring, you could tell that is uh, he was out of it. It was only his last one. The season before that, he was still very good. But yep. All right, the, well, the last one, I think he might have had a little bit too much on his plate being the captain. Yeah, that could be true. And takes the fun out of it and stuff yeah, like exactly. that. But, well, if... I can't remember. Who do you have at 11 again? Number 11. Scully. I Scully, yep. Yep. So, let, and who do you have at 18 again? At 18, I had Lewis Jetta. So, Demons, in their, their four picks mm-hmm. in their top 20, in the original draft, they went Scully, Trangrove, mm-hmm. uh, Gisberts, yep. Gis- and then they went with Tapscott. Yep. Two of those players barely played. Mm-hmm. One of them had a career-ending foot injury. Yep. And who was who was looking? He was the youngest captain of. Yep. Melbourne and Scully history. went to GWS. Yep. And Scully was looking good at the start. If you if you keep all four of those guys, like so, all four of my guys in that team, who knows? Well, I had five Dusty picking, and Stratton. Yeah. Yep. But the whole thing was Scully left for, on a million dollar contract. Yeah. All right. Let's let's have a little bit of discussion at the end. But um, so for for pick number nineteen. Let's finish it off. Uh, pick 19 was Benjamin Griffiths that went to Richmond. Yep. Who'd you have? I had Matty Suckling. Matty Ooh. Suckling down at Richmond. Yep. I, I had Shepard. Yep. Brad Shepard. Oh, yeah. that's a big slide for Shep. Yeah, I... Oh, big slide for Shep. I know, I know, I know. Oh, but in comparison to... That the, is rough for Brad. Yep. In comparison to the other players on the board, I thought he was probably the one that had to slide. I The other players had a bit better career and stuff like that. But Brad Shep- Shepard has also been injury prone. Those hamstrings have gone oh, quite a bit. No way. He's, he's a, 
I'm pretty sure he's a multiple All Australian player. He's at least, he's got at least one. Uh, I think one maybe. Yeah, but uh, he's he's one of the one of the main reasons that West Coast. Yeah, is one good in only the, one in he... the back out of the back line. He, he provides a lot of run and carry. He takes a lot of different styles of opponents. Is uh, yeah, I, I can't believe you slid that far in your draft. Well, he only came good after his fifth season, I think it was. Yeah. But no, and then a twentieth pick um, was Nat Fife in the original draft. What a pick mm. he turned out to be yes. by the Freo. Massive steal. Um, and now I'm I'm an anaring about this bloke. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't like I don't know how I feel about my twentieth pick. Yeah, I think we've got the same here. All right, who you got? I got Gary Rowan. Yeah, I got Gary Rowan. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not 100 <laughs> percent sure, but he's who's left on the board in my draft. I had he's... Malksham, Pittard, Bassnack, Collier, McMillan, Christian. Christensen, sorry, Vardy, Jurey, Josh Thomas, and then you could go Casbolt, um, Podsy Adley, Clay Beams, Hutchins, Hutchings. Yeah, but like, for, I think he was just a better one out of for for me. Yes, but also Gary Rowan, he could be the best player on the field, or he could be the worst player on the field, and and what he provides and what he can do is so good, but. Yeah, you. So my argument a for bit Gary of reliability Rowan, with him—that's yeah. the only thing that lets you down. My my argument with Gary Rowan is he came from Sydney, mm-hmm. who are at the time were not now, but Scraggy. at the time stoppage side, yeah. team structure, team defence. Yeah, goes to Geelong, stoppage side, team structure, defence. Really doesn't suit us uh, uh, fit his style. Yeah. So if Gary Rowan was on Richmond, we'll probably be calling him. One of the better forwards. He very well might be. So, yeah. I think... And, and going to Frio, he yeah. has... They were a pretty quick team, and and they... Well, when Ross Lyon got there, it was a bit different. They were yeah. a slow build. I yep, think... But you remember, I've just picked up Mitch Duncan, who's going to be delivering pretty quickly. Mate, you had that Fife and, like, Ballantyne, like... Yeah. It's the style of play. Like, if he went to 19 to Tigers, and let's just say they kept him on the list with Dimmer... And then he wins the three flags with the Tigers. Oh, yeah, he's... Like, he, we could... Mate, we're, we're talking about Daniel Rioli as a three-time premiership player. Yeah. Who would you have, Daniel Rioli or Gary Rowan? Gary Rowan. Exactly. I, I so probably going to be a lot more... Yeah, I, and that's not... I'm not, I'm not putting any any um, salt in the wounds for Daniel Rioli. Like, but Gary Rowan is the better player. But Daniel Rioli fell to a perfect, yeah. perfect thing to go on to the Tigers. Yeah. And this is where... We got to look when we do our redrafts because I'm sure we're going to do another one. Um, yep. Whereas we got to look where they where they land and where they are. Like we look at Duncan, he landed at the best possible outcome going to Geelong. Slow build in a in a real draft. He he didn't he wasn't forced to be anything, just develop. And he come in and he was delivering footies, playing the slow build, playing on that wing. He he fits it. Yeah. But like Jetta, Jetta goes to again. He nails it. But does he become anything better if he gets picked up? I got him going to the Swans. You had him going to the Demons. Yep. Does his career unfold the same way? Probably not. Never know. So I, I and my one with Asprey going so high, it is controversial. I'll admit that. Mm-hmm. But going to Bombers, is he the three-time Premiership player that we all think that he is? Pro- no. Probably not. <laughs> so. Um, I'd have to win a final for that. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, Essendon fans. But no, um, this is where the draft. It's so. 
the AFL draft is probably the worst draft in um, uh, sport, sports. <laughs> in all sports, but it's so, so intoxicating to watch. Like, it's so good because anything can happen. You just have to land at the best possible outcome. Yeah. And like a Dane Swan, who yeah. went very late in his draft, and he had Mick Malthouse ripping into him. Oh, yeah, maybe I should pull my finger out. And he becomes a Brownlow medalist and one of Collingwood's greatest. Lee Codge rocked that fat. Yeah, gets and... gets fat chains, which I'm not, I don't support at all. But it worked well for him. But you have a number one pick in um, Cruiser. Um, oh, he was he was ravaged. For, with in, all right, so, sorry, Bryce Gibbs, Scott Penderbury sitting there. Yeah, like anything can happen. I'm not saying, and this is what makes me go that like tomorrow night's the first round of the AFL draft. I'm I'm excited to see where it is, and I'm excited yeah. to see what North Melbourne are going to do with their pick. Could be a ma- few massive sliders who could end up um, going. Well, to, there has to be sliders this year because yeah. of COVID. I think. Yeah, yeah, like it's going to be very interesting this year. There's going to be who knows. It, there might be another dance one where a really low pick comes in and he's one of the top tiers of. Hopefully, the a Collingwood player. I'm, I'm, there's my bias but, coming in. But yeah, and there's massive, um, uh, massive, um, yeah things going on in the draft and I I can't wait and can't wait to cover it on the next podcast. Yep. Till next time. Yeah. We'll see you then.